we were so in love and we were having a great time and I loved our life and I was like, yeah, we can have a baby in this life. Welcome to the clubhouse. I'm Ariel Cuties and I'm so glad you're here. The clubhouse is a place where amazing women hang out and tell the stories of how they built their lives, the lives that they love. These are women who exemplify all the brilliant variations of what success can mean. Today, I got to hear the story of how Megan built her awesome life. Megan lives in New Hampshire, teaches Spanish at a local high school, and has two very cool kids and a great husband named Matt. She also runs marathons, raises ducks, grows a lot of the food she eats, is opening a local catering company, and started a program to take groups of students to Spain and Peru every year. <sighs> Megan always has a smile on her face and something delicious in the oven, which I can personally attest to. So Megan's kids are 12 and 13, and she is just 36. So at an age when a lot of us felt like we were still kids ourselves, Megan was digging in on a life that was very adult and showing that that's a totally viable way to do it and a lot of fun, too. I think of my days as in phases. I'm like, okay, phase one, get ready for the day. Phase two, go to my job, which is teaching Spanish in high school. It's just like uh, putting up with adolescents and loving them despite them being adolescents. And then phase three, get home, transition to afternoon activities for the children. And then phase four is take care of myself. So like read a book. Uh, sit down on the couch, you know, like wind down and get ready to think about the next day. Thinking about like this week, I was like, okay, I'm going to make Roscon de Reyes, this like sweet um, bread that's very symbolic and has like, you know, little things hidden outside of it for my classes, for my Spanish one classes. So I was like, okay, I'll start the bread on Saturday, <laughs> bake the bread on Sunday. So Sunday, the bread wasn't done until like 11 at night. Um, you know, so that's one part. And Sunday also like while the bread was rising at some point, Matt and I went out to cross country ski because it was the first day that was not 15 below zero in a couple of weeks. And we had not been out yet on the cross country skis this season. Um, so they were like rusty and we were like leaving tracks in the beginning of the trail. And then of course, um, we got lost a little bit on the trail two hours later got back to the car and I was like, Oh my God. Okay. We have to always bring a little bit of water and a granola bar, something that was silly. Um, so I feel like those kinds of things are like the, they're like the icing on the cake or the, I don't even know what other metaphor to use. They're gravy, like getting out and doing something fun in the woods or, uh, you know, baking or making something delicious. I'm interested to hear when you're starting your adult life, graduating from college, yeah. what parts of this you pictured might be part of your life? Oh my God. What, 15 I years feel... down the line? 13 years oh down the line? Oh my God, that's crazy. Um, I don't think any of this was in my head <laughs> at that <laughs> point, aside from Matt. <laughs> right. Um, so like when we graduated from college, we were engaged already and we were planning a wedding, which 
a lot of our friends I know thought was crazy because we were really young and I was particularly young for my like grade as well. So, um, I'm sure that a lot of people who came to our wedding were, were like, mm, let's start this clock now. Like what's the over under on the divorce? When's that going to happen? Cause we were just babies. Um, but he was like the one thing that I was sure of. So I was like, okay, this is the person that I want to spend my life with everything else. I'm really, I really don't know, but, uh, but we're going to figure that out. <laughs> so it is definitely the reverse of a lot of people that we know, like our kids, friends, or our, yeah, our kids, friends, parents are all 10 years older than we are. Yeah. So it's a little weird to socialize with them in the way that you're supposed to, when you have children, like when they're really little, you have a play date and you take your kids over and then you sit and chat with the mom or the dad or both or whomever. Um, and it was always like, Oh, Oh, I don't, Oh, okay. You are actually, almost half a generation older than I am. Right. So it's still a little weird, but we are really looking forward to still being young when our kids are kind of taking care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys got married, what, in the fall after you graduated? Yeah. In October after graduating in, you know, May or whatever it was. And did you move to New York right away? Yeah, <laughs> like the next month. We had talked about lots of different places, but um, but one thing about New York is that we knew people who were there already. We were like, all right, let's go to New York. We know people who are there who can kind of help us get our bearings, at least at the beginning. And, you know, we, can, we, we know that we can, like, call somebody up and be like, hey, let's go do this thing. And that's like a, an easy friend in the bag. So we moved to Brooklyn, to Williamsburg, and it was like right after Williamsburg was really icky and right before it started getting really cool. Um, it was so, what, 2003? I think it was actually 2002. So we got to New York, and I was like, I need a job right away. So, And I wasn't sure... I wasn't sure how I wanted to use my degree. I had studied international affairs and Spanish and I just like kind of wanted a break from school. Um, and thought, yeah, I'll just kind of get a job and see, you know, see what happens and think about what I really want to do with my life, you know, <laughs> when I'm a grown up. Um, so I got a couple of jobs right away in restaurants. I worked all the time because I was like, okay, get the job, like start making money. That's how you build your life. And Matt took a little bit more time to explore and think about where he wanted to work instead of just like, you know, putting in lots of applications and, and getting hired somewhere. Um, so he started working at the Bowery Poetry Club um, I think a couple mo months after we arrived. We're making like no money, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like we had all this cash coming in and we could just sort of play around and have fun because we were like, uh, I have 75 cents. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
it was fun because it was an adventure and we were in a new place. We were in a very big city. We were very much in love. Um, so it didn't even really matter that we didn't have any money. You know, we would like meet up in Union Square or um, go for a walk around Williamsburg or go listen to music. You know, it, it was it was fun. Yeah. 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 It's a good it's a good life before you even care or know what it's like to have a little bit more income. Yeah, yeah, totally. You just appreciate the little things that you get as special treats and that feels like enough. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But then you guys decided pretty well, which did you decide first to go to grad school or to have a kid? Oh my God. Well, (laughs) I think the decision was kind of made for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we, we had Anna like, um, not even a year after we got married. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It must've been, I mean, what did, what did it feel like to be the first in your friend group to have a kid? Probably one of the only Williamsburgers to have a stroller. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was terrified in some ways because I was, you know, we, I felt very alone in that way. Um, but at the same time, we were so in love and we were having a great time and I loved our life. And I was like, yeah, we can have a baby in this life. That's totally fine. So we did. was it easy and fun from the get go? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally not. Um there, I remember, so I was working like during the day, like 6.30 to 2.30 or something. And then Matt was working sort of 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. And oh we like, God. it was insane, Ariel. We like didn't really see each other except in passing, except for one day a week. And I like had to get up early in the morning. I was exhausted. You know, just like uh, having a new baby is is unlike anything else in this world. I I do think that people are better when they are, people are generally better people when they have had that experience of being a parent because it's so humbling. Um, yeah. But it, it, I remember one particular night, Anna just like would not settle down for me. She wouldn't go to bed for me. And I was getting like more and more frustrated because she was crying and I was crying and it was late at night and I had to get up early for work and Matt was working, couldn't talk to me. Um, And I remember putting her in the like baby Bjorn, little baby carrier and walking around Williamsburg at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) and I was like singing to her and marching around and singing and marching like angrily singing lullabies which is not I don't recommend Um, (laughs) and she just like she would not settle for me so I met Matt at the train and like handed her handed him the baby and was like I can't just I can't even talk to you right now (laughs) and she just like curled up in his arms and went to sleep and I was like are you what and then you have to go to work the next day. And I'm sure your colleagues were all 22 year olds who ha- did not have kids and oh, yeah, totally. commiserate or give tips or no. help. 
Right. I did have the chef at the place where I worked in, um, on 18th street was totally wonderful and still is a total inspiration to me. Um, she had twins of her own, like later in life, you know, um, but she really, um, cared for me in a way that I didn't even know that I needed, yeah. you know, yeah. she would just like rub my shoulder, <laughs> give me a hug, you know, how's the baby, um, you know, show me pictures, that kind of thing. So, um, I, like I said, I didn't even know that I needed someone to like check on me, Yeah, you know, and see how I was doing or be like, Oh, did you try the, you know, the baby folding, you know, to like help her to burp or those kinds of, I feel like those, that support found me. Yeah. In some ways. And did, were you still committed to the New York life or was there part of you that was ready to go to New Hampshire at that point? No, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like carrying a stroller down the stairs or up the stairs to the subway is the worst experience ever. I loved it. Eventually, I started doing some volunteer work at a place on 14th Street in New York called Asociación Tepeyac. They help, um, and in particular, Mexican immigrants to the city get acclimated and get access to services and even figure out like how to have conversations with the landlord and you know all of those little things that are hard to do when you're in not only a new city but a new country and a new culture. So I started volunteering as an ESL teacher for adults. And, um, and this is literally while you're also working at the restaurant and have Anna. Oh, and like was pregnant with Jake. Oh my God. (laughs) How do you do it? How did you do it? I just did it. I was like, okay, what am I going to do today? Phase one, get ready. (laughs) Phase two, job one. Phase three, get home, transition to the afternoon. Phase four, job two. Phase five. (laughs) So I was like, I'm, I'm here. I don't want to waste my day. I wanted, I wanted more out of life. And I wanted, I wanted to give more of myself as well. So I was like, I have I have this brain, right? I'm able-bodied. Um, I'm interested in helping other people. And really I always find that helping other people is totally selfish as well. Cause it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just did it at that, at that point, were you picturing that, that would be the rhythm of life for, for a yeah. while? Yeah. I definitely was. I really, really enjoyed the um, teaching, especially like teaching ESL to adults. I loved it. And um, they were just so kind to me. Um, Like we would have a, I think it was a once a week, two hour class or something. And we would have like a break in the middle 
and they would all, you know, go out and get a snack or something. And someone would always bring me a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the end of the break. And I knew that they were, you know, um, dishwashers and nannies and, you know, they did not have high paying jobs, but like the fact that they thought to buy me a cup of coffee, I just thought was so generous and so sweet of them. Um, so I just really, I loved that experience of working with them. I loved knowing that the stuff that I was helping them figure out was really going to make a difference in their lives. It was things like, um, like, uh, role playing, how to explain your scheduling needs to your boss, (laughs) you know, or, um, how to ask directions of a police officer. So like those little things, I felt like are, they make such a big difference in just how, how you go through the rest of your day. You know, if you have a bad interaction and you feel like you were rude or misunderstood, like that can make the rest of your day kind of sucky. But if it goes well, that can make the rest of your day beautiful. Yeah. And I kept talking to Matt about how much I enjoyed it. And, you know, I, 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 I think we had a conversation that was like, oh, I wish I had another couple of hours in my week so I could pick up another class and do more. And he was like, slow your roll. So he found a, um, a graduate program for me to apply to. And I applied to just that one and got in. So that program, uh, was called the fast track program at the Steinhardt school of education at New York at NYU. So this is also where the phases come in, like phase one, get ready for school. Phase two, go student teach phase three, make sure I have my homework done for my graduate courses. Phase four, go to graduate classes, phase five, go home, cook, clean, parent, <laughs> go oh to bed. Oh my God. <laughs> would you do it again? I totally would. I definitely would. It was really, really hard. Um, and I felt like I had a hard time being fully present in any one place because there was just so much else that was percolating in the back of my head at the same time. Right. So, um, Matt was really great about, um, letting me do what I needed to do yeah, and not say, not like putting more sort of demands on my time or my mental space. So when I was getting towards the end of my graduate program and starting to think about positions to apply for and Matt was like, so I think I want to go to graduate school too. (laughs) And I think I want to go to Northeastern in Boston. Um, so I was like, Oh shoot, you've been really, really good about letting me do this. So I feel like I can't, I can't say no, you know, I can't not return that favor. So I applied to lots of different high schools, really all over. And actually, I applied to schools in Boston as well because I just wasn't sure where we were going to land. Yeah. Um, and I had an offer in a, at a school in Dorchester. Um, but it just, like, 
when we figured out that we would have to, or that it would be best to live with Matt's parents and, <laughs> you know, do all of that. We just couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to manage, um, the kids needs right? with both of us, like being far away during the day. So you yeah. moved from Williamsburg to yes. Milford. Yes. How was the transition? I was so sad. <laughs> and actually, um, Matt did most of the move by himself. I had a training for the school that I, um, uh, that I had like, accepted a position for. I had a training with them over the summer in Lake Tahoe. And I was like, Ding, 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 ding. So while I was in Tahoe, Matt finished moving over. Oh my God. And both kids. <laughs> and two babies. Yeah. I just want to say for every like corporate dad out there who's like, I can't be alone with the kids for a one Saturday afternoon. Right? <laughs> oh, like, step up. Oh my God. It is not babysitting if they are your children. Well, yes. <laughs> Um, what was the rhythm of life once you guys got to Milford? Oh, so, um, Matt was pretty much gone. So it was, it was me and we had a lot of help from his parents as well. I didn't even realize how big a difference that makes (laughs) until we had it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier. Right. (laughs) Like I, I had been, uh, you know, in sort of sludge for so long that I didn't realize that it was hard until I got in a pool and was like, oh, I can move. You know, it was still challenging. It was still really hard, but so much easier comparatively, yeah. you know, just have the option of calling somebody up and saying, hey, could you pick up the kids? Right. Yeah. <laughs> was game changing. Yeah. Um. So it was still definitely like a phased kind of day for me. Phase one, get yourself and the children ready for school. Phase two, go to work. (laughs) Phase three, leave work real fast to get the children from school and daycare. Phase four, get them fed, bathed, book read, and in bed. And then phase five, you know, do the rest of my own work. And, you know, go to the gym if I could or yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, were you having fun at that time? <laughs> um, let me think. Yeah, there are times when I was having loads of fun. A beautiful part of living with Matt's parents and having that family support so readily available was that suddenly Matt and I could see each other and go out right? <laughs> and have a grown up conversation, not just about the kids. Yeah. Which you basically hadn't done since the very beginning of your marriage. Exactly. Exactly. So that was a real time of reconnection for us. Not that we had been like apart, but we just had been so focused on like getting through the day to day that we didn't have time to have a conversation about what's the book that you're reading, you know? And then I'm guessing that between then, which is what, about 10 years ago? Yeah. 
And now it's been just kind of um, an accelerated path of more and more of that. What Mm -hmm. do you kind of think of as the big changes that happened over that time? Because you've been in the same job, right? And you've been in the same I have been in the same job. Yes. I think when we bought our house, that was a big shift. And that was an opportunity, had we wanted, had we wanted it, to make a different choice. You know, we could have moved to a different town. We could have moved back to New York. You know, we could have done a variety of different things. But, you know, the kids were doing really well where they were. Um, I felt like I was doing really well with my job. I was enjoying it and still feeling challenged. But... um still loving it. Yeah. Um, and you know, Matt was in a good spot where he was too in his job. So, you know, we, we bought the house here in town. When we moved out of New York city, I felt like I, I love New York. And if I couldn't live in New York (laughs) and had to live in New England, then I wanted to live in a cute little New England town. And Milford fits that. I feel like I, in some ways, create new challenges for myself. <laughs> Um, like in my job, I'm, I'm doing only the stuff that I love mm-hmm. and none of the stuff that I hate. So like, I'm not assigning homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't done a vocabulary quiz all year, uh, you know? So I'm like creating an immersive environment where kids have to get up and engage and they have to talk to one another and they have to listen to me speaking Spanish and they have to figure it out. Um, so I've kind of like created this other project for myself to work on. Um, while everything else was sort of, um, in uh, status quo. Right, right, right. And, but is that what, is that what makes it fun for you is having that extra challenge? <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. What do you think is might be coming up next? Oh gosh. Okay. So we have a crazy idea to try to teach abroad in the next couple of years. Um, which is so exciting and so terrifying. And I really, really want it to happen. Um, I'm so excited. So cool. Oh, although it gives me that like that like queasy feeling in my stomach a little bit <laughs> because we have got a pretty good thing going here. You know, we've got our house, we've got our pets, we've you know, our kids are in school, they're doing super well. Um, I have my job and I you know, Matt has Matt is now a teacher at the same school where I work. So, you know, like we commute together pretty much every day. You know, it's pretty great. So the, the thing that I feel like we're missing and that this, this plan would satisfy is the bigger picture of the world. (laughs) And I just want them to have another perspective on what life can be. And I kind of want to shake things up a little bit. 
it seems yeah. like chasing the shakeup will always be part of what you're doing. <laughs> you're probably right. I feel like at some point my priorities were really like the, the doctor thing of do no harm <laughs> for the kids at least, you know, like try things, but just do no harm. Um, and now I almost feel like you can't grow more unless it hurts a little bit. Mm. What does that mean in tactical terms right now? Mean. Um, I think that means you can't really get better unless you do something that's uncomfortable. And I'm thinking about the running you guys do and how uncomfortable that is. And <laughs> oh my god, yeah, like everything hurts, right? Like your whole body hurts. All you can think about is the, you know, the ten feet that you see in front of you. But somehow you keep going. When I ran uh, a 50k a couple years ago um, with Matt, and he was like, "What do you think you learned from that?" And really, what I learned is that. I'm always going to make it. I can always keep going. Like there's always more to draw from. Yes, Megan, thank you so much for that wisdom and for telling your story. And thank you for joining us in the clubhouse. I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes and come hang out again. You can also follow me and the show on Instagram at Ariel Hudes. That's H-U-D-E-S. The painting that you see in our logo is by artist Karis Reed. Thank you, Karis. And that music is by Jess Zambri of Salvi. Thank you, Jess. Okay, come back to hang out again soon.